Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself as we're talking investing, finance, and retirement. And this week, do retirees really need life insurance? We're going to find out with Phil. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, you ready? Waiting for, for uh, waiting for summer to, to actually hit and, and crazy. This we we got a little glimpse of it, and then the bottom fell out, and it, it's frost and everything, and there are people covering plants, and you know it's that old adage, hey, it's not Memorial Day yet. Don't be planting things. What are you doing? You I know? guess. Yeah, and speaking of Memorial Day, uh, we're getting closer here at the yep. time we're doing this. So, any plans? You uh, going anywhere? No, Memorial Day, usually we spend it around the house getting things ready for, for vacations, and I'll probably pull the camper home and do some work on it there, getting it ready for the, the months ahead. So Gotcha. Bring in the big beast and clean her up, huh? Yep, yep. I just pulled that out of storage this week and put it up on the lot. So at, okay. least, at least I got it out where I've got access to it now. There so. you go. There you go. Well, let's talk about life insurance, man. So, I mean, right. first of all, everyone's I, favorite topic. I was so. like, I think I hear clicks. You know, yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah, don't, don't, don't hang up yet. <laughs> So ironically, you know, we, we always hear these things like life insurance is a young man's game and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and the perception among many people is that you need life insurance for you know, just a lot of reasons. As a matter of fact, here's a little a fun little uh, inside thing. So if you're listening mm-hmm. to the podcast and you hear the, the intro and the outro and you hear this voice say, Phil, right, in the, uh, hey, in the music, Phil? that's actually the character from Groundhog Day, the, the insurance salesman. Phil, I sell insurance. What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you could always use a little more. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. So I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, what where I heard, you know, uh, you know, your name being used in a movie and I had to go to Groundhog Day. So there's a little, <laughs> a little fun snippet for you. I pulled it out of there and put it in the intro. So let's talk about life insurance because, look, it's changed a lot. You know, it here absolutely in the, has. In the Motor City, uh, remember those old commercials, it's not your father's Oldsmobile? Not yep. just, there's life insurance, right? It, it, it is not. A lot of changes. So we typically think about we need life insurance when we got a young family, we got a job, blah, 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 right? So we want to have that for protection in case we got an accident and died or whatever the case is. Why is it such a dirty word in general after that? Like, why does it kind of get that rep? Because because of the salesman like Ned well, Ryerson? I, I think a lot of it is, yeah, this, the salesman aspect of, oh, yeah, somebody's trying to sell me life insurance, you know, the old used car salesman type of thing. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, it's face it, it's it's insurance, right? No one likes paying insurance. I mean, every do, do you get happy every month when you pay your auto insurance or every six months? Right. Or I mean, it's, no, you're ticked off. It's like, what am I, you know, until right. you had the accident, you then, need- then you're – then you're glad it's there. And that's why we all continue to do it is because you don't know what yeah. if, you know, and that's really where life insurance fits in. I mean, it's not, it's not something fun and cool and it's not like investing in <laughs> cryptocurrency or, Oh, I'm going to do life insurance. You know, no, it's like right. from a protection standpoint, but I mean, it, it's important. You okay. know, it's something, something to consider, yeah. you know, so, and we talked about rules of thumb all the time. And this is one of those that, don't use that rule of thumb or that thought of, oh, I'm, I'm retired now. I've saved my money for retirement okay. and right. I don't need life insurance. Very possibly the case. But well, that doesn't mean because I retired, I don't need life insurance. You, you very, well, very well may need it. You got to run the numbers to see. Well, I was going to say, so my next question was, how do you determine that, Phil? How do you determine if someone needs it? Somebody comes sure. in and they say, you know what? I had it. I'm going to let it go because my kids are grown or whatever. Yep. You know, what's that process look like? 
So from our standpoint, when we're doing a financial plan, I mean, the, the first plan that we do, the actual plan that we come up with is based on, you know, full life expectancy, no need for long-term care. You're both going to make it till whatever the age is we're planning to, 85, 90, whatever it is for you. Um, and then we'll look at a scenario of, okay, if it works fine there, what happens if now either spouse passes away and we start with today? You know, if, if Mr. Client, you pass away today, what happens to your wife? You know, is, does she now still have enough to make it through the rest of her life expectancy at that point in time? Yeah. Because a lot of things change when one spouse passes. There's a loss of income, number one. I mean, at a minimum, you're going to, if you're both collecting Social Security, you're going to lose the lowest of those benefits. Okay. You know, so there's an immediate reduction of income for the rest of her life or his life, depending on who passes. Um, if there's pensions involved, depending on the election you made there, there could be a loss of income there. So loss of income. And then on the flip side of that, the other thing that happens is typically we see taxes go up, even though income has dropped, because now that surviving spouse went from married, finally joint to single tax brackets. Okay, right. So all our tax brackets just got condensed and cut in half. So you have to run, again, we talk about math all the time, but it's really running the math to say, okay, if right. this happens today, you pass away today, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, and if there's not enough, if they're going to run out, then that's where life insurance fits. But then we'll look at it today, five, 10 years down the road, so we can understand how long and how much do you need. Well, I was getting ready to say, so yep. how much do you, how do you determine the right amount? We get questions like that. You know, somebody will say, well, how much life insurance do I need? Is it, is there a uh, income equation to base that off of or? No, I mean, that's back to those rules of thumb. There's all sorts okay. of, you know, general rules out there, you know, 10 times, 15 times your, whatever it is. I mean, there's. All right. Make a hundred thousand a year. So I need yeah, there's you know, a, also, million. Yeah, a million dollars. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to look at it. Um, to me, the, the only real way to figure it out is to run the math, you know, to, to run a scenario that says, okay, you pass away. What, what does it look like? Yeah. It's not, not a fun situation to do. It's right. not yeah. the, the favorite part of the plan by any means, but it's that what if that, that, yeah. and you need to understand that because unfortunately it happens. I mean, I've had two clients over the last year oh. that have lost a spouse. Yep. Wasn't part of the plan. These were early stages of retirement but they've lost a spouse. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for both of them, we had done the planning and everything was okay. Gotcha. You know, so yeah. we had, we had already looked at that potential and, and were prepared for financially what happens if that were to take place. And it's so. a tough conversation to your point. It is a tough conversation. Right. And I like the fact that you are teasing us by the way. So for our regular listeners, when Phil says run the numbers, we get to have a sip of our coffee or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Whatever it is, but he said run the math. He keeps teasing us. Right. So, but you know, go ahead and have your sip of coffee folks. Uh, so, okay. So let's talk about some strategic uses then of life insurance that are not the norm. I, I guess right. let's look at some other things because that has become a bigger, a bigger, excuse me, topic of conversation for folks. Um, we think the traditional reason that we have life insurance, we kind of push that out of the way and we say, well, wait a minute, what about this tax-free retirement I hear about? Or yeah. what about this, you know, uh, you know, leaving my heirs money, you know, from a tax, you know, efficient standpoint or whatever. Right. Yeah. So there's always the, the quote unquote need for life insurance. And I think that's how most people look at it is that need. And we'll run that scenario to see, is there a need? And right. for a lot of people, there's not. I mean, if you've accumulated enough 
And based on the, the math, you're going to end up having more than enough when you both have passed away anyways. Chances are, if one spouse passes early, the other is still going to have enough to make it through retirement. You might not have as much left that pass on to heirs. You know, so that's where life insurance then fits in as not necessarily a need, but more of a planning tool. Okay. And life insurance is a great vehicle to use for inheritance, you know, because you can budget, if you want to think of it that way, a certain amount of money to put away so that when you do pass away, whoever you want to inherit your kids or whoever it is, a charity, right. whatever that, you know, end result is, gets funded through a life insurance policy. Right. I mean, you mentioned it with that tax-free accumulation. I mean, and that's a, a big conversation that's been put out there and you've got to be careful how it's presented right? Um, and right. how it's used. There's pros and cons. Um, but yeah, one of the, the tax sides of life insurance, what's called cash value life insurance. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a policy that you're funding with a premium that's much higher. So you can't look at it like term insurance because your cost, so to speak, is a bigger number going in. Okay. Right, right. But it's going into inside of it, if you think of it like an investment vehicle, what that investment vehicle is depends on the type of insurance. It could be a fixed if it's more like a whole policy, you know, so it's getting just a, an interest rate determined by the insurance company hmm. all the way up to a variable where it's invested in a market based, almost a mutual fund. They call it a separate account, but it has market risk. But there's an investment component where that growth on that investment component is tax deferred inside the life insurance policy. Right. Yeah. So again, and that's why I said strategic uses, right? Yes. Uh, of the product. Because with, we talked about this on the last podcast um, last week, that with the stretch being eliminated, the stretch IRA uh, being eliminated down to yep. the 10 years, making it a little, and, and now there's possible talk of RMDs, RMDs, uh, on it, RMDs yep. in that for, the, for your heirs to take out, so on and so forth. Uh, is it people start to say, well, wait a minute, is life insurance a, a better tool for leaving money to for legacy purposes, which, you know, you were just kind of explaining. So right. you think we're going to see more of a turn back to that conversation because of some of the rule changes? Yeah. I mean, and even from an estate planning, life insurance used to be a, a huge planning tool used in estate planning to help cover taxes. Yeah. You know, so one of the ways to that are potential changes. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, as that, that threshold gets lowered and the potential for taxes comes back, life insurance is a great tool to help supplement that. You can plan for the, the heirs potential, especially if you have unliquid assets, non-liquid assets like real estate, Okay. you right. know, with an inheritance tax, that's a worst case scenario because now they owe the IRS a million dollars and yeah, there's 10 million in real estate, but now you got to sell a piece to pay the taxes. Well, that's where life insurance really fits in okay. from an estate right. planning. But yeah, so that conversation, it, it brings it back around, you know, but even the whole thought of doing Roth conversions, I mean, we can move money out of IRAs to Roth, mm -hmm. prepay the tax that way. Mm -hmm. Another avenue is don't do that and fund that potential tax liability through life insurance. You know, so there are okay. some definite useful tools of, if you understand it and it's placed the right way, to help cover the potential of a future liability. So we're going to take one more piece of the life insurance I want to talk about real fast, and that's the long-term care aspect. Yeah. So there's, in, in when you get the life insurance in long-term care, I mean, you've got to be really careful because they're, the, the coverage in life insurance might look like long-term care, but it might not be truly long-term care. I understand the differences, but um, it can be a great vehicle to be used for long-term care type expenses. So 
Oh, okay. And this gets, again, we talked about getting deep into the weeds on it. Right. If, if there's a need for long-term care, so you, you need some kind of care in those later stages of life, let's say, a couple of options to do that. More traditional long-term care where you're paying this monthly premium for some kind of benefit, very okay. similar to health or, you know, any other insurances you have today where you're paying right. this premium for coverage. Um, the challenge with those is it's a very unknown amount of what that premium is going to be. There's a lot of risk because as you age, the insurance company understands the risk is higher. So premiums typically go up. Right. Life insurance. There are certain policies that, that can be designed in such a way where that death benefit can be used by you as the owner oh, yeah. as what's called a, a chronic illness rider. So you can actually access the death benefit not as a death benefit, but accelerate it and get yeah. it early if you can't perform two out of the six activity, activities of daily living. Yeah. So again, it's not technically long-term care in that component, but kind of looks like it and smells like it, so to speak. You, know, right. you get access to it in a similar fashion. Okay. You got to be careful how that works. Again, it's a tool, understand where it fits. Um, and then there are other policies that again are, are life insurance um, at the core the death benefit is a much lower amount, but the long-term care component is a lot higher and it's true long-term care inside it. So again, don't, don't write off life insurance um, yeah. because you just don't think it fits. Understand it, it may have a different use than where you think it fits. So, yeah. And that's a great point because I mean, you know, we, we've, we've beat this horse, but it's, it's a fact of life. Seven out of every 10 people are going to need some sort of long-term care, two out of every three, Correct. You know, whatever number you want to go off of. It's a lot. So, right. uh, and so there's a real good chance that, you know, you or your spouse will have at least a smaller long-term care event. It could only be like a two year or a two or three year could be a longer thing like a dementia, right. you know, which is a seven or eight or nine type, you know, year type of, uh, statistically. So, right. You know, just some things to ponder when it comes to those things in life insurance. Okay. So, and so again, then that's really, you know, we'll keep this kind of short and sweet, but that's really kind of the point to your point. It's not the sexiest of conversation pieces. People go, oh, life insurance and they roll their eyes or whatever. Yep. But again, if you take away the initial reason we think about it, especially for our demographic, when we're talking about retirees and pre-retirees, there are some other uses where it may be a beneficial tool uh, strategically purposed with inside your portfolio. So have yep. a conversation with your advisor to find out how that might fit and you know what's the best way to go about that if it's right for me. And of course, that's when talking with a CPA and a financial specialist really just kind of helps you get through all those things. So we're going to switch gears. We're going to take an email question to wrap up the show this week. But if you do have some questions about it, before you take any action, just reach out to Phil, have a conversation with him, 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. Or stop by the website at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. While you're there, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you like to use so you can get new episodes as they come out. And drop us an email as well, and we'll, we might put it right here on the show. And we got an email question this week, so we're going to jump into that. So if you want to submit yours, go to philstaxhacks.com. And this one was from Marie in Plymouth. And she says, uh, Phil, I wasn't planning to move, but my dream home came on the market. My current home is paid off but I'd have to take out a mortgage if I bought this one. I'm retiring in five years. Basically, I'm just wondering if it's a bad idea to have a mortgage five years away from retirement. Well, again, here we go. You got to run the numbers, right, to see if yeah. it makes sense. Um, well, the market's at a premium, so she might get top dollar for her house right now. Right. So you've got to look at both sides. Of that. You're probably going to get premium, you know, 
uh, money on your current house, but you're probably paying, paying premium on your dream too. So which it's, might be why she said a mortgage, right? So right, she, you know, she may make enough. Her house is paid off. She may make enough to get close to the new dream home, but she's going to yep. have maybe a small mortgage. It sounds like possibly. Yeah. And I have clients talk about downsizing all the time, but it might be downsizing in size, but going from colonial to ranch, but downsizing doesn't always mean less money. Sure, so, yeah. But to back to the mortgage concept, it really kind of depends on, you got to run the math to see, and there's pros and cons. And I always talk about the, the head rule and the tummy rule, so to speak, in this. Yep. The head rule, the math behind it, mathematically, a lot of times it makes sense having that mortgage because you okay. can spread that, that liability out over your life, take a 30-year mortgage on it. You know, why are you trying to get a house paid off? Um, unless you're planning on selling it or there's some reason for that right? You know, in your, in your lifetime, because equity in a home doesn't grow in value. It doesn't gain value. The home does, but the home's going to gain value or lose value as markets go up and down, irregardless of what you owe the bank. The bank is owed what it's owed. Your equity is the difference. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times it makes sense to keep your equity you know, as long as it's at a reasonable interest rate, the, the payment fits into your plan and then use less of that to, to finance the house and have a mortgage, you know? So mm -hmm. if, if you do that versus trying to get it paid off as quick as you can, use up a bunch of your liquid assets to pay off a mortgage. Now right. you have a paid off home, but you can't really get access to that again if you need it without selling it trying to get a mortgage, which is really right. difficult in retirement, right? Yeah, you know, or yeah. doing a reverse mortgage. So, well, the heart rule might come into factor here because she says this was her dream home. That right. She really wanted to get. So yeah, that, I mean, I, that, that plays a big factor. But I mean, if you're, if it's a smaller mortgage or something and not necessarily, I mean, I'm going to have no idea. I can see where she's coming from. I mean, if you were talking about some massive mortgage going into retirement, it could be a little daunting, could make you a little nervous, but right. it may not Again, be. You, you have to understand, does it fit in your budget? You know, this is your that's dream it, home, it, but is it, does it still work yeah, financially true. for you? You know, and to me that the head rule and the tummy rule, the heads, of the math, the tummy is, you know, no matter what the math says, if it's going to keep you up at night, knowing that I've got to make a mortgage payment the rest of my life, you know, rest of retirement, right. Then let's make a plan to get it paid off because yeah. mathematically it might be the right thing, but it's not going to make you comfortable. Yeah. You know, and, so that's not yeah. worth the extra uncomfort, discomfort for you in retirement saying, oh, I've got to make a mortgage payment every month. You know what? Run the numbers as Phil likes to say, have a conversation with your advisor or call up Phil, you know, run that information past him, share some more details. But I think in general, you know, is it a bad idea to have a mortgage in retirement? If that's kind of the, the, you know, the, the, the be all end all there of your question, not necessarily. So, no, no, not at all. You know, yeah. and, and back to our original discussion in the, the conversation day of life insurance. Well, you know, if your concern is having that mortgage and passing it on to a kids or a surviving spouse when you pass away, mm -hmm. well, there's life insurance is a great tool for that, right? Because we can go. set up a life insurance policy to fund that payoff of the mortgage if you passed away. There you no, go. So. so that's a way to bring it full circle and wrap up the podcast this week. Thanks for the question. We certainly appreciate it. Again, submit your own by going to philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Subscribe to the podcast while you're there. Apple, Google, Spotify. You can find all of that right there on the uh, on the webpage. You can simply type in Phil's Tax Hacks in any of those apps. You can find us on YouTube as well. Share it with a friend who might benefit from the message. Uh, Phil's helps you know folks all over the place uh, get to and through retirement. Been doing this for many, many years. So reach out today if you've got some 
some questions or subscribe to that podcast. And we'll see you next time. I'm going to sign off for Phil. We appreciate your time. Take care of yourself. And we'll see you later here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.